0: The Lloyd's List
1: Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Meads, editor of Lloyd's List, and we are coming to you live from Athens this week. I'm here with our Greek correspondent, Nigel Lowry. Hello, Nigel. Hi, Richard. And uh, our London correspondent, another Greek, Anastasios Adamopoulos. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning. So we are setting up for the. Greek Awards, the uh, the annual bun fight for the Greek shipping industry, is noisily being set up around us, so apologies in advance for any noise this week in the, in the podcast, but this is the time of year where Greece gets together, they start thinking about the stories that have made their year, they start thinking about the themes that are going to be um, setting the agenda for next year. So, Nigel, kick us off with a, a little sneak preview of what you've got in store for us tonight at the Greek Awards, and what you think um, the general feeling
2: is amongst the uh, the Greeks this year. Yes, I, I think that the Greek shipping awards um, obviously is an occasion where you uh, award the best of the best uh, according to the uh, thoughts of the jury that decides those things. But It is also an occasion when people, you know, a huge number of people were expecting 1,150 guests this year. Small party. It's a small party, yeah. A few close friends. (laughs) Uh, I think people enjoy getting together at the end of the year. And it is an occasion where you look back at many of the themes and events and personalities that uh, have done interesting and often kind of, you know, perhaps even sometimes remarkable things (laughs) in the preceding 12 months. And I think, uh, without giving away uh, any secrets, uh, which uh, people will have to wait for the winners to be unveiled, but definitely, I think, this year, you can see um, the trends uh, that have marked the course of the shipping industry uh, and the way it's evolving. You can see those trends reflected in in many of the winners. Uh, We're being... being, uh,
1: a little bit um, you know, sarcastic about the Greek awards because I mean, it, 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 is, it is one of those events that you kind of have to see to believe it. For, for, for any of our listeners who have been to any of the Lloyd's List Awards, but certainly any of the industry dinners around the world, um, nothing I think will pay you for, the, for the Greek Shipping Awards. I, I described it to somebody who hadn't been there as um, something akin to the um, Eurovision Song Contest with a little bit more ship, uh, but a little bit more camp and flamboyant. It is, it is quite a party, is it not, Nigel?
2: I, s- I suppose I'm to blame for that. Oh, you're blaming me, Richard. It sounds very. Uh, yeah, I think it's. Um, I think it's. It, it, it's a. It's a party. It's uh, something which is supposed to be entertaining, but I also think that we try to bring that uh, into relation with the reality of people's experience in the maritime business. Uh, well, there is always. Um, there is always a relation between the entertainment and um, and. You know some of the things that are engaging people, uh, and uh, people are debating about in the business. Yeah, precisely. So, um, yeah, we we tend not to just hire a string quartet (laughs) (laughs) and sit back and listen to it. We try to engage. (laughs) We try to engage with, with actually what is going on, and I think that's why people like it as well. I mean, Greeks are totally committed to the shipping business. And that's not something that you find everywhere. They're totally committed. And that is palpable. And it has to be relevant to them. It's not just a party. No. It is palpable in the
1: room. And I think, you know, the great and the good of the Greek shipping industry will be out tonight. So let's talk a little bit about what's been driving their fortunes this year and and, and what what we have uh, in store next year. Because we have some, you know, pretty tough challenges ahead. The economic headwinds have been affecting everybody. But I think particularly the Greeks um, that are... Uh, more exposed on the energy and the bulk side. There's a lot of uh, them being affected by the vagaries of the spot market and the economic headwinds. What, what do you think you know, is the general sort of feeling in the room this year?
2: Well, I think that's you know, obviously it's a ship-owning market mm. uh, predominantly, and everyone's top concern is actually the market, mm. how the freight market is doing from day to day. And I think uh, people wish it was better. Uh, tankers are doing very well, but uh, the greater number of companies are involved in drone bulk, And I think people expect it to be better than it is. It's obviously not as bad as it was. Um, and, you know, from day to day, people are monitoring those very, very minor shifts and and wondering what the direction is going to be. And I think it's become really much harder to understand the dynamics of this market and mm. i think people have almost become used to being a little bit confused i think you know the other the other big project we're working on at the moment of course is
1: the uh, you know the annual outlook and our top 100 most influential people in shipping now obviously littered with greeks but reading back we're, we're you know, near production on this one and i think you know the common threads throughout these stories behind these individuals and the companies they represent is, is really what you say. You know, they are uh, bracing for uncertainty in some respects. You know, the, uh, the, the things that are affecting them are not just the market, the supply-demand dynamics that they uh, you know, have had to navigate from, from year dot. These are big exogenous forces coming in, affecting their business, and it does feel a little bit different from previous years because there's not a huge amount of things they can do uh, in order to brace themselves for these forces coming in.
2: No, that's true. I think it's, you know, another point that I think uh, should be understood is that we talk about the Greeks. Mm. And, of course, uh, you know, taken together, they are uh, an enormous presence in in the shipping markets. However, they are not, uh, you know, they are not a political bloc. Um, they are, in fact, a very diverse and quite individualistic collection mm. uh, of all kinds of different companies. And because the Greek shipping community is so so large and so broad, you do get an enormous range uh, of, uh, uh, of expectations, mm. of attitudes, of strategies, of qualities. Um, you know, you really do have the creme de la creme of shipping here, and you also have... Uh, sort of smaller and perhaps not, not such uh, high-flying companies as well. Mm. And the differences also extend to uh, people's outlooks, yes. uh, their expectations uh, and, and their values. And I think I cannot remember a time when the Greek shipping community was so split uh, between those who perhaps are a little bit more traditionalist well, you know, the Greek shipping community is traditionalist, yeah. but there are those who uh, are determined to be traditionalists, uh, to hang on to those uh, sacred values that have seen them through many decades. And and others, uh, and they're quite a, a large group as well, who are among the most forward-looking um, and committed Uh, to the forces of change that are now sweeping the shipping industry internationally. Uh. So you do find uh, a lot of Greek ship owners and companies who are among the first to embrace um, those changes, as well as uh, a large number of uh, people in the community who are really quite anxious and perturbed about uh, the way things are going. Of course.
1: And I think it's a fair point. You know, we we often say on this podcast that, you know, shipping is misrepresented as a singular industry. Of course, it's not. It's a series of sectors that have very little to do with each other in many respects. And the Greeks are, of course, not a single entity. And, you know, as you say, they're not a political bloc. However, you know, it has to be said that the Union of Greek Ship Owners, UGS, have been a little bit more vocal this year about a number of issues. And uh, Anastasios, I'm going to bring you in here because, I mean, this is been a major theme throughout your coverage this year in terms of 2020, but specifically the UGS's uh, issues, I guess, with uh, a number of the, uh, the the factors that are coming their way. Give us a little sort of
0: summary of, of, of where we are on that. Could... Right. Well, so, I mean, the sulfur cap is coming. There is no... Possibility or potential for delay uh, either an implementation or entering into force into or anything like that um, But the UGS has been among the groups probably the most vocal one um, That still expresses concerns about the implications of the sulfur cap and some of the dangers that it can it can bring uh, other groups like Intercargo or, or Intercargo are also there um, but I think It's been really interesting this year to see the UGS's um, reach perhaps because at an IMO meeting recently uh, the Greek shipping minister actually uh, stood on the podium and and basically told governments in the IMO they should consider delaying the implementation of the sulfur cap because echoing the problems that UGS or the concerns that UGS has raised. and I think that's that's a very interesting uh, development, not least because the minister, sh- not least because the minister should know that uh, the delay was not possible at the time he made his his comments. And more, you know, looking into looking more into the future, it'd be interesting to see how or where this behaviour uh, continues to play out. Because now we're going to have next year uh, a European Commission and a Parliament that want to regulate emissions um, from an EU level. So it will be interesting to see how Greece the Greek government uh, approaches that issue when there is such a big European pressure around climate regulations um, and how the Greek government will balance that with the the desire of the Greek shipping industry and the shipping industry, to be fair, more broadly, not to be regulated uh, through the EU. Mm. Because at
1: this stage, we are talking about some pretty complex politics and the fact that the greek shipping minister can stand up and say 2020 should be delayed clearly was not talking to a shipping audience he was doing this at a point where there was no uh, there was no mechanism for him to in any way make that a serious contest i mean it was there was just nothing the imo would or could do at this stage so one would only presume that the message was more for domestic audiences at this stage The political posturing behind this, of course, as you say, is a little bit more complex Mm. and perhaps points to a UGS that is going to be more vocal on these matters in the future. And that's going to be very interesting, as you say, with the makeup of the new European Commission.
0: I think it will, because I think one of the things we may see next year is, perhaps early next year, is the fact, I think, that... In some countries, at least, ship owners are, maybe have already started recognizing that the the measure, the EU measure on shipping emissions is coming. Mm. And the battle really is going to be about what it's going to be, yeah. not if. And it'll be interesting to see if um, Greek ship owners and Greece get on board with that. Uh, and if not, what kind of issues that creates potentially among ship owners within europe but that's a a different discussion maybe for another time no no sure but i think it is interesting because as you say the more
1: astute political players have clocked that while the big ticket debate over 2050 and the targets and even 2030 have been playing out quite publicly and everybody's been following that some of the most important detail is yet to be discussed and a lot of the preliminary discussions are now going to kick off inside the IMO in, in, in other foras. Mm. Now, the process of whether that's going to be market-based mechanisms, pricing of carbon, you know, how those details pan out, the beginnings of those discussions are already happening. And I think it's probably going to be interesting to see how the political discussions um, ramp themselves up in terms of the, uh, the more technical discussions that will then follow within the IMO. Um, so perhaps something to look out for. So I'm going to um, uh, hand back to you guys and uh, ask you a really simple question. Uh, what, what do you think is going to happen next year? <laughs> oh, uh, your predictions, thoughts, opportunities, risks for the industry, particularly from a Greek perspective from you, Nigel. Any, any thoughts? Do you want to get your crystal ball out? It's that time of year.
2: Yes. Um, yeah. know my crystal ball shattered, uh, I think, in my teens. <laughs> I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You've opened old wounds now. Um, look, uh, I, I think that a lot of, <laughs> a lot of much more uh, experienced and wiser people about shipping markets and, and shipping politics than I are, are pretty confused right now. I think, uh, you know, there was a day when everyone had their view on the market and where it was going. And obviously, more often than not, we're prepared to actually place their bets on it. And I think think nowadays, there seems a genuine, uh, you know, greater degree of confusion about where you are in the cycle. Uh, Whether, in fact, even, Uh, in some people's minds whether the traditional shipping cycle still exists Mm. Um, um, I think here in Greece people still have faith in shipping it's what they do uh, and they will continue to invest in it but uh, perhaps with greater caution than in the past and you can see that in a greater reluctance to, uh, to order new buildings for example and has been the case in the last decade People are, uh, are sort of fascinated and appalled by the degree to which technology is changing and also now has to change in a way which is not entirely predictable in what the solutions will be. And it's, it's, it's you know, naturally made them more circumspect, uh, even as circumspect as I'm being in saying anything at all about what I think is going to happen. No, sure,
1: sure. But, you know, making, uh, finding opportunities amid unpredictable risk is
0: kind of their raison d'etre, sure. sure. Yeah. I
2: um,
0: I mean, from my perspective, and especially the, the regulatory side, you know, we, we just spoke about the UGS and the stance they have on the sulfur cap, mm. which has publicly and privately received a lot of um, ridicule. Mm. But it's important to remember that these, these concerns are, you know, you won't find people completely dismissing them. Mm. So it's really important to see next year what happens with implementation not least because you know there are these things these problems involve crews on board vessels they involve human lives they involve a lot of uh, finance and legal implications but also because they will be they will just show how much a transition like this which as big as it is is instantaneous Mm. uh, how well it can actually be enforced and and whether the preparation that was done for it was uh, sufficient when we're looking at the wider question of decarbonization and and uh, greenhouse gas emissions measures. Mm. Um, and the other big thing I think that will define a lot of fortunes next year is um, the the decision of or not of the EU to include shipping in the emissions trading system. yeah no, no, i I, I agree. And I, I think a lot of those stories will be on display
1: at the, uh, the Greek Awards tonight. I mean, for what it's worth, my view is, it's perhaps a little bit of a cynical view to hold right now, but I don't think next year will be particularly interesting in terms mm. of any major decisions. I think yeah. that the uncertainty that runs through everything is going to mean that politically, financially, commercially, in terms of markets, the best decision that can be made is to put something off <laughs> in, in terms of any investment, Uh, people are paying through the nose for flexibility right now, precisely because they don't want to be able to have to make a decision. Uh, uh, Big bets are not going to win right now. And I think you're seeing it with all the big private owners that are coming back and really focusing on on their shipping rather than many of the other non-maritime assets. I think you're seeing um, flexibility being built into the the CapEx plans of a lot of major Mm. um, uh, state-owned ship owners as well. Precisely because there is no certainty over anything and um, if you can hold something off you will So I think we've got another couple of years of people dancing around each other looking at what their competitors are doing Seeing what's going to happen until uh, there's a little bit more certainty in terms of uh, fuel, in terms of technology, in terms of regulatory uh, concerns And then we will start to see some of the big decisions But uh, yeah, if I was going to put my uh, crystal ball on the table, I'd say it's probably looking a little bit fuzzy for 2020. But uh, <laughs> I may be wrong. I may be wrong. <laughs> anyway, as you can hear, the, uh, the, the Greek Awards are, are, are gearing up. There is a, a hive of activity around us. We are going to have to go. So um, we will leave the uh, Lloyd's List podcast there. We'll be back in London next week, uh, hopefully with a few more thoughts from the, the rest of the team in terms of what they're expecting from 2020. But for now, from Athens... Uh, From Anastasios, Nigel, and me, Um, thank you very much for listening, and uh, we will be back next week.
2: Thank you, Richard. Thanks. Thanks.